Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Sim Sundays podcast. I'm joined this week by George. Hello. And How are you doing, Tom? Sadly, not random call sign this week. He is building a kitchen, and he was going to try and get around it and, and see if there was a quiet five minutes, but he's been dealing with noise complaints from the neighbours today, so <laughs> sadly, he will not be with us. How has your week been, sir? It's been pretty good, thanks, Tom. Yeah, it's not bad. Um, yeah, it's been all quiet on the Western Front, so been a lot of activity i think around the league racing side of things on social media but i'm sure we'll, we'll probably get get around to that very very soon but um yeah it's it's been it's been good really enjoyable and you yeah i think you saying all quiet on the western front is 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 rare i think there's very there's very <laughs> little about what you do and your and your lifestyle that's that's quiet whether yeah I'm not, I'm not a very quiet person <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not quiet no well <laughs> So we're going to jump straight into some news then from this week. So obviously we had SFE uh, last weekend, so Sim Formula Europe. So um, the, the the second of two, I guess, Sim Racing Expos um, in, in Europe. Um, by all accounts, it was a successful event. I watched some of the footage of it. It looked really good. It looked really busy. Um, and there were a lot of um, manufacturers there, uh, some manufacturers who weren't at the Sim Racing Expo as well, uh, which is nice to see. A bit of variety there, so it's not just a carbon copy of the Sim Racing Expo. Yeah. Um, so I last week brought SFE up um, because I was kind of excited by what is going on with Track Racer. Now, Track Racer, obviously, old friend of the um, the show. Um, I've actually been messaging Matt Sten, um, CEO, founder of Track Racer. He's going to be coming on the show uh, next week, which is very exciting. Uh, not sure when the episode will come out, um, but I was chatting to him a little bit about his products, etc. And in our pre-show show last week, um, I wondered whether or not people would be able to actually try um, the hardware. So mm. the wheelbases, wheels, handbrakes, pedals, etc. Um, and so I've been reading um, Tom Harrison Lord's uh, article on it, and he could try it. It was a pre-production version. Um, mm. It was the so the power was was turned down, and it was used in a in a rally game but he said it was was detailed but is reserving judgment so i think it was it was more of a statement piece a yeah. kind of here we are we're coming for this market we have stuff that is working enough for us to bring it to sfe but we're not quite yet for uh we're not quite ready for production yet which too is early to yeah, tell. fair enough these things take time a bit too early to tell then uh, reserving judgment in terms of the quality of the, of the equipment at this stage yeah, exactly. I mean, we don't know the price point yet, so we don't know if they're going for a SimuCube Astec market or if they're coming a bit lower down to towards Fanatec or Moza, um, or, or down to kind of you know to compete with Thrustmaster. And even if you're competing with Fanatec, is it the CSL DD or is it the DD Plus or the DDY? I mean, the the yeah. price, you know, the market is so saturated now that you have basically options at every, uh, every price level. interval of a hundred pounds all the way up to kind of two thousand pounds, right? So. Um, yeah, interesting. They're obviously making good progress. Um, claim that the, the the full launch of the production versions will be 2024. Um, so yeah, that's kind of exciting. I like Track Racer. I like their their rigs. So yeah, excited to see what they bring out. They showed off some of their um, their firmware, um, and in the firmware, there was one little thing that I noticed, um, which was kind of interesting, which was a. Uh, on that you can just about see down the side menu it's a little bit blurry in one of the pictures but you can see um, an icon that says haptics which is interesting so it, it feels like they're going to be launching a pretty full featured range a full featured ecosystem so you could get your pedals your wheelbase your wheel your cockpit your monitor mounts and if you're into haptics i guess you can also get your haptics as well and whether or not that's the kind of base shaker alternative or whether that's the sort of in-seat haptic pads that we've been seeing um recently so it's quite a well-rounded but uh, yeah didn't get kind of product yeah hmm. yeah absolutely i didn't get to sfe but um obviously the, the the coverage of it was great i really enjoyed watching uh lawrence de souza's um coverage of it as always the guys are very uh very entertaining man so so that's my uh track racer news um the other news i wanted to uh bring up which i think is kind of significant is turtle beach now i think last week we discussed cooler master cooler master entered the sim racing market they came yeah. in with quite a premium cockpit i um, think me which and, is, uh, is great you know it, 
me and Ricardo had some reservations, didn't we, in a sense that we were a bit concerned that they were entering a market mm. that might be too oversaturated and there's too many of them. I think Ricardo came out with that. So yeah, there's just too many. Um, which I do kind of agree with. But um, yeah. I mean that there are there are quite a number of of uh sim racing you know um, suppliers now in now in the stage of that. And mm. I hope obviously it's it's very difficult nowadays to find a niche, I think, in many ways, but if you can find one then brilliant. Yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see what benefits the sim racing market realizes um, from mainstream gaming brands entering into sim racing, right? So Cooler Master has a general gaming uh, following. Turtle Beach has a general gaming following. And now they're releasing sim racing hardware. How many of their kind of generalist gamers might be tempted to be converted across to um to sim racing that that's kind of what i'm seeing um the turtle turtle beach uh velocity one um race set comes with a it looks like the pedal set looks like if you've ever seen the thrustmaster tlcms mm. looks almost identical um to that but then the yeah, yeah honestly the, some of the best pedals I've, I've ever had and we use hoist and belt in the office now and i think the tlcms were a, a very very close match um, in fact great pedals especially with a couple of mods i i Go on. Here they are. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Damn. And I like that they were ready. They were like uh, unplugged, ready to be picked up and shown to the camera. Yeah. That's advertising. The, we get paid for that, right? Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. I'll uh, send the invoice to Thrustmaster after the show. Um, the, uh, yeah, the TLCMs, I remember, um, watching a YouTube video about how you can put like, um, skateboard, I'm going to call them chocks. Yeah. I don't know. I wasn't a skater as a kid, right? I don't know, but basically no, no. big old rubber things to put in between your springs, etc., to mod it, to, to make it really firm. Um, and you, you could buy the different types of skateboard chocks would give you different resistances and, and the, it was absolutely fantastic. However, um, the uh, the Turtle Beach offering is really interesting, right? Because this is that this is different, right? I haven't seen this before. The wheel looks lovely. It's got kind of like a perforated leather grip. It's got um, a few kind of um, almost joystick style, Logitech style, Thrustmaster style controls um, in the bottom corners, but then in the top corners, um, you've got uh, what looks similar to the uh, Simu, um, Simucube Taco um, wheel rim uh, button box. Sorry, button box for uh, Taco, which is which is a beautiful, beautiful wheel. So they've kind of gone a bit of both. You've got the kind of console console style interface mixed with a, um, a more premium end um, button box uh, makeup. But what's really interesting about it is it's connected to the wheelbase, and the wheelbase looks like nothing else we've ever seen before it looks like um if you've ever used the tspc or the t300 where you have that almost kind of dashboard kind yeah, of in-car console shape right. as opposed to the kind of cylindrical the, the, shape that you yeah. see in stimicube acetec or Banatec, et etc yeah. but built into that is mm. a lcd or led i'm guessing um dashboard and attached to it is another button box kind of clever yeah, it is different. I mean, I'll give them that. It's. I, I mean, what really struck me uh, about, I think, obviously, leading back to the Turtle Bay is uh, only off the basic, you know, knowledge that we obviously discussed prior to the show, and and obviously just checking them out online. Hugely invested in the in the flight sim side of things, um, mm. and, and we do see a lot of stuff carry over in the flight sim, like a lot of uh, drivers themselves that are esports drivers or or should we say competitive sim racing drivers are also big flight sim fans as well um for instance mm. the, the likes of atomic paradish i know does it regularly you're, you're one as well dirk chocolate so there is some synergy there and 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 game of muscle. Would, yeah game of muscle i mean generally it's it's quite in-depth um you know equipment and, and machinery so you never know they could be a, a well-received manufacturer now joining the the sim racing scene it could could be a huge huge positive mm. actually yeah yeah i mean you look at you look at what's on offer here and it's actually incredible the amount of features on and, and for the price point here in the uk 630 pounds to pre-order now that's incredible for a force feedback motor with mm. an lcd 
screen with that many options on the on your your button box, uh, you know, inside your wheel rim, and then an additional button box next, which has got kill switches and some rotary dials. And it's Xbox compatible and it's PC compatible. It's uh, it's it's really impressive. Um, and it, what's interesting is it's forced feedback. They've gone for quality, right? It's not a, a belt driven setup like the old you know T150s and Logitech G29s, etc. Mm. But it does look like it's designed to be mounted to a desk as opposed to a cockpit. So it's kind of bridging that gap. It's kind of, this is the premium offering for those who are getting into it who don't have the space, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. So very exciting. And it'll be interesting to see, you know, how many uh, general gamers, how many Turtle Beach uh, followers kind of come across to our our world of sim racing. Now let's talk about the world of league racing, George. What's been happening? Well, uh, I mean, it's it's been a, a, f- a fun time in PSGR. We had a we had a great race last time, obviously alluding to our run at Imola. Um, though the race pro- probably wasn't quite as action packed as uh, we we did have a brief discussion about this in our last show, but uh, it, it wasn't perhaps as action packed as Portimao. But Thomas Ronha, uh, again, uh, back to his best. But um, obviously heading in as we're recording this at this point, we have got PSGL tonight as well on the, on the Wednesday, so we are looking forward to that. So we're going back into Silverstone. Obviously, the results you'll find out. Uh, post tonight obviously it would have it would have finished so. by the time we head to sunday <laughs> but yeah it's it's um yeah really good a lot of activity now obviously with still no updates on the on the f1 esports side it's all gone quiet um, mm. a lot of the fans now are, are, are tuning back into psgl and and to wr as well as many other things which is fantastic that a lot of the news though flick, flickering around is is back on the cheating scandals again uh there's lots yes of- i saw your tweet actually yeah uh, which is a little concerning, and it, it, obviously it's it's not something we we like to see because obviously it, it breaches the integrity of the sport. But I know the race clutch have come out mm. with a statement in only the last ten minutes or so, or half an hour, um, to basically address the accusations uh, against their drivers um, in terms of uh, cheating or you know and, and using should we say uh, systems to enhance their performance. Mm. And they have vehemently denied that it is, it is the case and they've done a, a, a thorough investigation on it. Um, one thing that was brought to the attention of many was the departure of Bart van der Castile, their, one of their top mm. managers. And uh, it was cited that he was sharing in um, sensitive information that was race clutch information to other teams, um, even though the general consensus is that he has done no such thing. Um, so th- there's a little bit of a a little bit of a crazy situation happening at race clutch mm. right now and quite controversial but as to as to what is really going on behind the scenes i don't think we can truthfully 100 percent understand it until we get something concrete yeah interesting yeah i remember we had robin bondon on the show probably over a year ago now from uh from race clutch and you know those guys love what they're doing the kind of the dna of that group is just yeah. racing fanatics so you know you always you always assume the best in people um you yeah so. a, it is a shame when this kind of drama takes over and it's almost like the the f1 esports not happening has left this vacuum of, of yeah. interest which is being filled with 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 a bit of drama which we, this, which we don't this is the this has been the really problem enjoy seeing yeah this has been the problem over the last couple of years or so uh, i think nowadays there there seems to be greater fascination and attention brought to the controversies of the scene as opposed to what should be great about the scene which is the racing itself and it it seems that uh, we're we're kind of detracting away from the racing and focusing on the the horrible narrative Mm. which we don't really want to be doing but unfortunately it's one of those things that can't be avoided because it's you know you 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 can't just allow if there is a you know if a driver is cheating you just can't let it happen just it just it breaches everything that that uh, you know competition is and always should be if you get me yeah no a hundred percent it kind of echoes a little bit the the real world of formula one and as soon as the entertainment overtakes excuse the pun the racing um yeah then then the the kind of the loudest narrative in the sport becomes less about the sport and more about the um the drama so you know perhaps this is just a symptom of sim racing's success um so yeah but i would like to see some more high level competition coming back to to kind of you know quell the need a little bit for this sort of yeah. 
self self created drama. You the drama you want to see is the drama on the track, right? Absolutely, not on not on Twitter. I mean, we we well, had, George... we had we, I just want to say we had some of that as well with Ron Har and and Yano historically. So I mean, it, it was nice yeah, to see it was nice to see that competitive element, and I wish we would return mm. to that to that instance. You're you're absolutely right. Yeah, t- totally, totally agree. So, George, um, we're going to be interviewing uh, Annie Avery, who is a, a fantastic uh, racing streamer. She does a lot of kind of behind the scenes in the real world, as well as her own uh, iRacing streams. So I'm looking forward to chatting to her. So as is convention, what is your question for Annie? Well, I had the opportunity of watching uh, one of her videos uh, that she had on YouTube uh, concerning um, a-, a home rig that she was racing in um, with... Uh, a trip around the Nordschleifer and they were driving around the Nordschleifer in this homemade uh, motion rig. What I want to know is, um, first of all, which track is is Annie's favourite, first of all, that she has raced on? And uh, okay. B, uh, what would be her chosen car to race around said track? Great. Fantastic question. Thank you, George, and we'll see you next week. Thank you very much, Tom. See you then. Annie, hi, welcome to the Hello. show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. No, anytime, anytime. I'm so for those listening on Spotify, you are in an incredible setup right now. As sim racers, we all have our setups. Whether you stream or not, every sim racer is very proud of their setups. And one thing that I always look at is the seat that you're in. Now, yours looks like it's made of carbon fiber, <laughs> right? So it looks like a really cool seat, like a really high spec seat. But I always wonder, like, given that, you know, the seat isn't going around the track physically, does it need to be carbon fiber? But it looks so freaking cool. It does look amazing, right? And I get a lot of comments about this seat. And I think because it's actually designed to be in a race car, it would be so beneficial, right? Carbon fiber mm. is so light. But in a sim racing setup, um, I don't know if it's necessary as such. Um, and it looks glamorous from up here, but down here you can see all like my cushions and pillows to try and make it a little bit comfier. But um, yeah. yeah, I I love it. It's it's really immersive as well. Like you really feel like you're really in like a car mm. when you're using it. Um, and I guess it's good practice for if I ever do go in a car. Um, but yeah, doing long stints and uh, endurance mm. races and long streams in it is... Um, yeah, you kind of have to walk around for about an hour after. <laughs> yeah, I bet, I bet. So, yeah, so I, I recently brought, bought the Sparco Grid Q, and it's like, it's really, it's actually meant for gaming, right? But it's actually a lot harder than some of the real race car seats that I've been in. I'm like, why? Like, come on, why? So I bought, like, this rally seat insert that's, like, six inches thick, and it's so squidgy and lovely. It's like, it's just a nice place to sit, even if you're not not racing but yeah. anyway, I've <laughs> gone massively off topic. Um, congratulations on getting twitch partner thank you yeah exciting i've been streaming for about three years now and mm. um yeah i never thought i would get anywhere near twitch partner so yeah it was um crazy getting that email <laughs> yeah that is that is very cool i mean there's so many people who on twitch will stream to two or three people day after day after day there's a there's a really good friend of mine who, who lives up in in newcastle where i live he streams call of duty and he's been streaming i think for maybe three or four years um, and he streams to usually no one, um, but he's religious with it. Absolutely religious, has a real pride in this setup, makes these incredible videos. And you kind of realize that there's an element of doing it for the love of the craft, as well as the community and the audience that you garner, right? Mm-hmm, definitely. I think like that's the base of what you need as well. And it's just like finding an audience. Once you've got that audience and you've already got that commitment like it's all going to blow up from there, you know? Um, it's just so hard to start streaming, especially when there's so many streamers in mm. oversaturated um, subjects yeah. as well, you know? Like at Call of Duty, for example, you go in and you've got zero or one viewers, you're right at the bottom of the list. And like for someone to find you, it's going to take forever to scroll through and scroll through, you know? But Okay, so how did we get here, right? So I see what you're doing on your socials and on your streams, and I love your vlogging style, which I want to get to later because that's a very <laughs> unique style in the sim racing space. It's really, really cool. Um, but let's go all the way back to the beginning. Now, as far back as I can get on the internet without being creepy uh, researching is ex-maths teacher, right? So in, the, in your YouTube description, it's ex-maths teacher. So how do you go from being a math teacher to sim racing streamer, YouTuber, Twitch partner? 
So my career started when I was 16 and I went straight into education and I did apprenticeships and I did my degree, I did maths teaching, I was straight into that and I loved it, I loved it so much. And when I went to uni, I, I went in with so much enthusiasm for teaching and honestly, uni just killed it. Um, it began, it became this thing that was more, it wasn't about teaching, it was more about mm. getting making offset happy you know it wasn't it wasn't about like the love of teaching and finding creative ways to teach and it, it just it was really disheartening honestly so the environment of teaching as well was amazing 10 years ago it was amazing mm. it was so it was so happy and enthusiastic and then it just became this thing of like having to grind for policies and procedures constantly you know and yeah. whilst at uni i was um so Whilst at uni, I started watching Twitch streams. I'd never watched any kind of Twitch streams before. I'd never watched really any gaming content before that. I was kind of just like standard like Netflix and films. <laughs> nice. And then um, whilst at uni, I started watching Twitch streams and I found there was communities within these mm. live streams. I, I had no idea that was even a thing, really. And um, my friends were saying, oh, yeah, you should start streaming. You should do that. And I was like, well, I don't know. I'm a bit nervous. Like, I wouldn't know what to stream or anything. Like I just play dead by daylight and horror games <laughs> and nice. they're like do that nice. so um just as like a hobby i started streaming i was doing yeah horror related um streams and found a little tiny community and it, it starts off small right it starts off you're streaming to two people starting to three and then suddenly you're five and that's huge in the beginning yeah. you're like oh my god i've got five people watching me and i was saying this last night i was saying like it's somehow more intimate when you have two or three people watching you mm. and um yeah then i started streaming way more consistently and it got to the point where after i'd finished uni i had to make a choice i was like okay do i go back into teaching and do i go back into math specialism because that's what i did or do i try and pursue streaming and i did and luckily it's worked out so um, so when you made that decision right so I find that story fascinating for a number of reasons. I, like, so my older sister, Hannah, she uh, studied drama. So before she was in the theater and then she went to, to study um, uh, drama teaching. So she wanted to be a drama teacher and she absolutely loved the course. And then when she got to teaching, it sucked all the fun out of it, which like how, like surely teaching is about kind of, as well as imparting knowledge and facts and wisdom, it's all about imparting passion, right? Because if those kids don't come away passionate about the subject, well then what was the point? Cause they're not gonna do it again, right? So it's such a shame that there's so much bureaucracy and process and hurdles to overcome in teaching that those who are most passionate about a subject, i.e. those people who are willing to be teachers of that subject to like a new generation, like coming up, like they get totally ruined by teaching. Yeah, definitely. I agree. I was so enthusiastic. I loved the, the, the thing with teaching is it's just so much paperwork. There's so much mm. paperwork and you have to be so careful with every single thing you do and it just kind of grinds you down and down and down until what's the point of putting mm. all this effort in and it's really sad that it gets that point because it should never get to that point if you're ever the well, point we where you teachers, don't want to right? yeah if we you don't want to put the effort in teaching, we need teachers <laughs> yeah definitely and it's kind of from my experience in the schools that i've been in it you have the teachers who have been there forever they've been there 34 years and mm. they're they're not exactly what we need right now a lot of the time. We need like the teachers who come in there fresh and they're bringing mm. in all the new ideas rather than the teachers who are doing like, it's called rote learning as such, you know, when you just do like, okay, let's read off the board and we're gonna recite and recite and recite and we're gonna make everyone happy and we're gonna pass these exams. But that's not exactly a lot of the time how you yet yeah, inspire people to actually enjoy subjects. Mm. And it's sad because a lot of the time it can only take like one tiny event for you to realize that you love something and yeah. for example i remember doing like a science lesson when i was in year three or four and being like oh my god science is amazing this is amazing and it, it carries you, you stuff know? <laughs> yeah like it, it, it physically doing stuff makes a massive difference in um your your remembering everything you know so yeah um so when you were teaching right 
did you and i don't know which age you're teaching at mm -hmm. uh, that you were teaching at right but did you ever worry about the people that you were teaching finding your stream i genuinely yes um <laughs> <laughs> so i i never had my full name as my stream i had like a alter ego as such it was, what was um, your alter my, ego? It, i was like dizzy was my name okay um because i yeah just uh did not want my name anywhere and you actually can't it's kind of frowned upon to have an mm. online presence as a teacher um you have to have everything locked down all your social media is like locked in private which there's there's reason for it yeah, um it but it is restrictive if you want to have another outlet for creativity or even i've seen a lot of teachers do educational youtube videos and still get in trouble for it so mm. it's just it's kind of a weird we're in a weird place yeah for social media Okay, so yeah, totally get that. I mean, being a teacher generally must be an absolute minefield in terms of getting in trouble for anything, basically. Yeah. I, I have a huge respect. For I did a bit of teaching. Um, my last couple of years in the military, I was teaching like phase one and phase two, like basic training to the, the officers coming through. And that was fairly, that, that was a bit different. But even then, like, God, the responsibility, the faff of having to record it. Anyway. We digress. So, horror games. Why the hell do you like horror games? Horror games are horrible. <laughs> I I grew up on horror games. I, I grew up on horror films and horror games. And I loved... So, what I did in the beginning is I did first-time playthroughs of horror games because I loved mm. the genuine reaction of... Yeah. It sounds weird, but being scared. Mm -hmm. And I liked the community around horror games because... A lot of the time, they've all played the game, right? So they're anticipating. They know what's around the corner, but you don't. Interesting. So yeah. they're almost getting to see like, uh, you know, you know, in the olden days, the olden days, fucking hell. <laughs> you know, when you have like a DVD and then they'll have extras and then some of the extras will be like somebody watching along with the DVD. It's basically <laughs> like a, a modern day watch along. I can't believe I called that the olden days. DVD, DVD extras. Goodness. Oh my goodness. I <laughs> know that same concept, right? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um. But it actually works the opposite way because after I'd finish a horror game, I'd go and watch other streamers doing it and I was like, ooh, this bit, they're going to love this bit. It's going to be so good. I can't wait to see like their reaction to it. Mm. So uh, yeah, it's um, it's fun doing first-time playthroughs. So the first couple of streams you did, right? presumably like everybody, you have to go through that process of streaming to no one or, or did, you, did you not? Did you manage to somehow skip that? So I semi-skipped it, well, like a tiny bit. In comparison to, like, I know a lot of people go and they do zero viewers and maybe one viewer and then they mm. drop out and that kind of thing. What I did in the beginning was I built a genuine friendship community within Twitch. I was consistently in other people's streams. I was consistently... Uh, and it just became this thing of, like, we built friendships within Twitch and after they were like oh you should you should stream i was like okay well oh, i'm a bit nervous i'm gonna stream okay i'm gonna stream on wednesday at two o'clock uh and then slowly like they'd come and more and more even if it's just one or two more would come every week or every month etc um yeah just slowly slowly built up um and i feel like after you're above a certain bracket of viewers even if that bracket is literally 15 10 15 you're so much more visible to other people mm. Yeah. in the grid mm. so in terms of your the the community itself you said it's it's intimate right so i there's a couple of streamers um that i watch um and it does feel like you see the same people in the the chat every time and there's one there's one streamer that i i watch is actually um our the grid finders um tech leads wife she streams csgo um as so channel is called so sharky and she goes on there and there's usually i mean when i first started watching it was like eight to twelve but now it's usually 25 to kind of 40 or, or, or 50 and yeah. i'm in her discord and those people who have met through sophie's channel are genuine friends I, 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 on discord they will at the weekends when she's not even when she's not streaming they will share pictures of what they're up to at the weekend or them them with their kids or i'm out of this fair or there's this guy who does like reenactments and he'll be like i'm at this i'm dressed up as this whatever like whatever tank man from the war or whatever i've, I've probably done him a huge disservice there uh, with that <laughs> terrible explanation but it's really cool how they become genuine friends so did you did is that the sort of thing that you managed to create and enjoy at the beginning 
Yeah, definitely. 2022, I think it was. I went to TwitchCon and I met up with oh, wow. a load of my Twitch friends as well. And for example, one of my first, actually, I think my first moderator, he um, he's getting married now to someone that he met on Twitch. No and, way. Yeah. And he's That's moving so cool. from America to England and then they're getting married and I'm going to go to their wedding and I can't wait. It's going to be amazing. So that yeah, you meet. Bonkers. <laughs> You if meet amazing people. That's incredible. If they haven't already thought about this, the table names need to be the use Twitch usernames. Oh, that would be so cute. Maybe that they can. Be so cute. I actually, one of my friends live streamed their wedding as well. So oh, that was Twitch. live streamed it on Twitch. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine the gifted subs, man. <laughs> it was really cute actually because we were all on Discord and we were like, "Oh, we're we getting ready for the wedding." We all like had a little section in the Discord and all the girls we were getting ready for the wedding to watch this wedding together. But it was so cute and like they've got all the clips and they've got all the the chat still that they can read through it. And this is probably three years ago now, so um, yeah, it's it's amazing what that's magic you can do online. Yeah, that's so cool. I, I felt <laughs> I, I, I speak to a lot of streamers, but uh, uh, who've got you know hundreds of thousands of, of followers but i don't know some, something about that story has inspired me to maybe do it again that that's that's so nice okay anyway let's move on so obviously it's not horror all the time or at all anymore we've moved on to a very distinctive but different niche but with your own spin on it so continue the story well i would say iRacing is semi-horror, <laughs> especially <laughs> in rookies. Um, but basically, yeah, I just, I changed it up really, really slowly. I started, I did a few like Euro stream simulators. I did, mm -hmm. I did Euro truck even. I did Euro, Euro truck simulator. Yeah, yeah. I did um, crazy taxi, stuff like that. You know, stuff that's not simulators as such. They're like mm -hmm. more games. The gateway And then, yeah, exactly. And then I got a set of cores up and I, my boyfriend was teaching me how to drift. And I was like, oh, it'd be so fun if I, if I could drift on stream, that'd be amazing. And then it kind of turned into, I, for some reason was driving in the Nürburgring on F1 cars. I, I don't know how it <laughs> happened. I just thought it was a good idea and One then ended up another. <laughs> and then I was a mango driving around on the Nürburgring. I, I just kind of went down this weird mod route of I'm on the Nürburgring driving whatever I can. A mango. A mango, yeah. A mango uh, <laughs> there's also baths you can drive. The mango was awful. It was awful. Really? Yeah. Lots of yeah. yeah. <laughs> my, my height was too low. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the bath was just as bad as well. But um, mm. when I got through the a set of Corsa mods, everyone was saying, oh, you should do iRacing. And iRacing to me was terrifying. I genuinely was so scared of iRacing. I don't know why the concept of I'm kind of goofing around, I'm driving around the Nürburgring and whatever I want to then racing and racecraft mm. is so it was something i was so for i had no idea about racecraft at all and the thought of it terrified me and for so long i i just drove by myself around the tracks i i then did like ai races and well this this, this i'm sorry but this is this is this is the right way to do it <laughs> this this feels like what a lot of people ought to do rather than you know download iRacing and 20 minutes later they're in their first Mazda rookies race and it's absolute carnage like <laughs> going through that process of being well I need to practice and then I need to practice racecraft that that feels like a really sensible way to approach it <laughs> yeah I I mean I agree but I was streaming every practice I did I didn't practice at all off stream so from mm. the beginning I started iRacing it was all on stream and it was a nightmare in the beginning it was it was awful i murdered so many people on those <laughs> tracks it was so bad but it's been really really nice like as well i think for my community to like see the growth of and and the gen the is so genuine of i have no idea what i'm doing please help me mm. so many people have come into my stream and they're like oh yeah okay so this is the maths behind it. This is, you know, if you're going too fast, you're trying to you're trying to turn your car uh, while you're accelerating, that's not going to work because of this. Um, it's been so fun learning like 
this sounds really nerdy, but almost like the maths behind yeah. sim racing. Well, um, it's, it's, it's one of the few uh, gaming genres that I guess does have a genuine relationship with math because it's physics-based, right? Yeah, definitely. That's interesting. And I'm really glad that you, you seem to have had a positive experience of people coming into the stream to help rather than, you know... Do you know what I'm thinking, right? This is this is. I had this conversation <laughs> with a friend recently um, about the cringiness of you're ever in the gym and you see a guy come up to a girl in the gym and, and be like, "Oh, you're actually doing that wrong. You should do it like this." I'm like, oh, "Leave the hell alone!" Like, yeah, just what she doesn't need. But it sounds yeah. like you've had the opposite experience of, of people kind of uh, offering solicited help, maybe not exclusively. For the most part, it has mm. been amazing. I would say ninety percent. The advice I've got has been so helpful. And a lot of the time I'll put in my title, I'm like, oh yeah, like I appreciate all the tips you're going to give me. Like, honestly, um, I I find them really, really great ways to learn. But you do get a lot, from what I've noticed is a lot of the people who stream iRacing are amazing. Some of them are esports mm. guys. They're amazing at sim racing. It's to me, a lot rarer to find someone who is like a genuine rookie and genuinely learning. And it's kind of daunting as a streamer, honestly, because you're like, okay, I'm going in and I have so many viewers and they're going to be watching me just crash into the barrier and crash into trees. And it's, it's semi like embarrassing, you know, learning in front of all these people. But you kind of have to remember that every single person has learned, yeah. you know, Everyone has gone through this process of trying to work out how far she can take that corner. And I think the more exposure there is to people learning, the better. Because it, I can imagine being really worried, wanting to go into sim racing and just seeing all these people who are amazing at it. And they got four or five KI rating and you're just like, oh, why can't I do that? You know, there's no mm -hmm. one... There's no one at different levels, really. But yeah, I've had um, a lot of people message me and saying that they've like started iRacing because, you know, um, they've seen that it's not it's not all so scary. It's fun, you know, it's meant to be a hobby at the end of the day. So yeah, well, that's that's such a good point, because sim racers, we are guilty of, of taking it too seriously a lot of the time and you're right it's a game right i know it was a simulation but like yeah i know i know i, know I said the e word um it's because but you know it's it's meant that you do it primarily for fun you do it for the challenge you do it for the reward but if you're new to sim racing and you just find it on twitch you find it on youtube and you see all these overlays and you see people changing up their aero and their tire pressures and they're looking at they're talking about tire temps as they're driving and you're like well this isn't Gran Turismo 2 anymore this is <laughs> like what the hell this is this has moved on so much so it's 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 nice that there are channels starting now where it's a bit of kind of like a gateway in you know you can you can watch somebody who is going to who's going along the same journey that you hope to go on who aren't too far ahead of you and then and then progress with them I guess the 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 tricky thing with iRacing is that all of your races are timed, right? And I remember about two years ago, I did a bit of streaming and I did F1 2019, I guess, or 2020. And I did iRacing and it was my Mazda rookie se season. And yes. I remember my first iRacing Mazda race that I streamed uh, and I got crashed out, first corner, into the barrier, four minutes of repairs. And I was like, well, what do I do on stream now? What do, what do I just sit here or do I quit out of the race? But if I quit out of the race... Do I wait for the next one that's in an hour's time, or do I yeah. practice? But there's no other like, and you're like, oh, does this work as a streaming method? Like, does it? Ah, it is. It is difficult actually, especially when you're just committed to one type of race. Like I did that a few weeks ago. I was doing Mazda rookies, and obviously you're going to get crashed out. Everyone gets crashed out in mm. the beginning. Absolutely, I'd never been in a rookie race where I haven't seen absolute destruction almost consistently at T1. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it, it, it's hard. It's hard to stream. And the thing is, especially when you're learning, a lot of what you should be doing really is concentrating fully on what you're doing. But not talking. Not talking and yeah. not looking yeah. at another monitor. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's such a good point. Like talking, so sometimes if I'm um, 
practicing i'll be on discord and i'll be talking to people whilst i'm practicing and i find that hard enough i could be having just a conversation just about my day right and and as i'm getting to like a complex series of corners or whatever i'll just stop talking because i just can't do both and then you see you know you see some people like you know dave cam for example is a great iRacing streamer who can just chat away as he's going around <laughs> like you know door to door with other cars and i don't know how you have that additional like ram in your head it's amazing just, yeah it is it is crazy um, yeah okay so i want to talk about um some of your vlogs because you have the you have the twitch streams and the youtube vlogs and it, it feels to me as if that's a conscious decision it's like twitch for live youtube for on-demand content and you've got a real a, a great kind of crossover between sim racing motorsport car culture and then like almost like a classic youtube style vlog like you know from kind of that i don't know that kind of like 2012 2013 vlogging style but works so well in the it, it, it with kind of like your day-to-day -day life which is bonkers <laughs> it is kind of crazy not gonna lie well the thing is like i love classic vlogs like that's like kind of what i watched before was get ready with me i'm gonna go and do this food shop thing i don't know i don't know why i used to watch that kind of thing but um yeah classic vlogs are i just i just love them i don't want them to die out i i'm bringing it back you know like right. so yeah i i love doing that i am i i realize that i go to a lot of events and i do a lot of things in real life that are hard to access for a lot of people um mm. i spent a lot of the summer at the nurburgring and before last summer i had never even dreamt that i'd be able to go there so um i just thought why not i can blog it i can it'll be it'll be so fun and i it's kind of honestly not to grow followers it's more so i have something to look back at, at and it's almost like a little mm. diary of things we've done and i'm just bringing along my community to be like look i did this this weekend like <laughs> you know um so yeah i mean twitch has always been somewhere where i've just live streamed a lot for the community and then youtube is something i would like to go into more in the future and it's kind of just a little gateway i guess my vlogs into it so <laughs> yeah it is really interesting because it's it, you know you're kind of behind the scenes behind the scenes in a way it's uh yeah it's really interesting to to get a glimpse um into that world that you know most of your your fans are gonna absolutely adore that kind of access to everything that you're getting to see and the places that you get to walk and it's um something that i noticed um is that you you do you come across in your videos as like a proper car person you know, you know, people who identify as I'm a car, I'm a car guy, I'm a car girl. I am like, a car, yeah. Cars. <laughs> when did that start? I've always been into cars. I've always, my whole life, I've been to cars. So there's there's been different phases of my car, okay, let's say, okay. journey. Let's go through them um, all. <laughs> so I, back when I first learned to drive, I was super into like the modified car scene oh, i was super okay. super into modified car i had I, my first car was a mark ii golf gti and nice. i loved it so so much and then i had a modified really low ibiza and i just went kind of down that route of yeah, ibiza. cars yes <laughs> yeah a bubbly one right before they did the bodywork where it was all angular like the proper bubble of a car yeah 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 Beautiful. yeah it was amazing <laughs> Um, so for a really long time, I was just into like, a lot of it was aesthetic, honestly, because mm -hmm. that's kind of all I could afford. I couldn't afford, and insurance wise, I couldn't afford to be doing anything like turbos, yeah. etc. Um, so I've always had that interest of cars. I mean, like one of my core memories growing up was Crazy Taxi. I was obsessed with that game as a kid. What a game. What a game. Especially, right? handbrake turns you can pull off in that game that just... there's a new one coming <laughs> out no, like soon in like two months there's a new one yeah yeah i know it's multiplayer right. is it going to be compatible with my wheel that's my i think they question. actually are bringing it out on wheel i'm so excited i mean imagine a stream content that is just incredible just yeah. driving a taxi and streaming that <laughs> sounds like so much fun that sounds like the most kind of zen out peaceful enjoyable stream you could yeah. you could imagine yeah definitely so it it 
kind of started from there. It started being, yeah, modify cars, etc. But I, to me, modifying cars for road use and racing cars on a track are two different ball games. They are so, so mm. different. And I didn't really have any access to anything to do with racing, you know, 12 years ago. Um, I didn't watch much content though. I didn't know if there was much content on YouTube for racing. I didn't really watch much of it, but for the last couple of years, I've been into racing, racing. And I mean, going back to my childhood, obviously F1 is was massive. I remember sat cross-legged in front of the TV as a child watching Schumacher, you know, and that was like life changing. Um, So as a young child, you were, you were super into racing. Yeah, well, I was into F1. I didn't really... My uncle was super into F1. And at first, you kind of like... I remember being like, oh, God, it's on for so long. Being like, obviously, like five years old. Wow, it's on for ages. (laughs) But then it kind of became this like bonding experience of like, I would go around, I'd sit with my uncle and be watching the F1. And he loved Mm -hmm. Schumacher. So then I loved Schumacher. And then slowly like maybe he wasn't there one time so then I was watching it by myself and then it just became this big old thing of core enjoyment of F1 you know so has that translated into any F1 gaming have you have you raced the the games I haven't done I haven't done any of the games I have not played any of the games at all I I have heard mixed responses let's say (laughs) yes I know no go on I know a lot of people um, are super, super into them. And actually, um, if I'm honest, didn't really know much about them until about two years ago. So, uh, yeah, I I would really like to play this year's version, though. Um, it, yeah, looked yeah. interesting. <laughs> it, yeah, it's interesting and, and, and delicately handled that answer there, Annie. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, um, it's uh, so, so, so F1 was kind of my my uh, rebirth into the sim racing world right so well okay my birth into the sim racing world my rebirth into like racing games so i used to um love my first games i think my, the first game i can remember right is Tokka 2 now i know a lot of people on, on playstation right it was Tokka 2 it was such a great game touring cars and i know a lot of people in the sim racing world that the, the the older the game you can recite as your first sim racing game like the higher the rank you are in that yeah. group people that you're talking to right but Tokatu was the only one I can remember. I'm sure we had some on Sega, but I don't know what they were called. But I don't remember. I was like six. But anyway, Tokatu was great. I love Tokatu. And then I used to play the, the F1 games in like 2011, 2012, 2013. And then I went to C for like a bazillion years. So I didn't play for ages. And then I came back um, and it was F1 2020 that like re-sparked my love uh, for racing games. That's why I bought my first rig and blah, blah, blah. So a real emotional connection to the F1 games. And I love 20, love 21. 22 was a bit of a... And now it seems to have like dropped off a bit of a cliff. But, you know, maybe this year after EA's had it for a whole year, blah, 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 blah. All this stuff that me, uh, Ricardo and George talk about at the beginning of these episodes when we're talking about game updates because we're proper nerds uh, are excited for. So, yes, I agree. You should try it. I think you would yeah. love it. I don't think you need to try 23. I think you could try 2020, 21. <laughs> They're all great. And it's the it's the being inside the cockpit. It's a, it's a faster experience. It's a real racing experience as opposed to a driving experience, if that makes sense. Like mm-hmm. the, the driving is easier. The racing, there's more to it because you have ERS, DRS. If you go back far enough, you've got fuel management. And uh, anyway, so I freaking love it. I'm going to stop there. Wow. Um, okay, so Annie, what's next? Where is this journey taking you? Honestly, I'm just kind of going with the flow. <laughs> I'm just going with the flow. I'm doing everything that I enjoy and I'm just letting my genuine interests kind of guide the way, you know? Oh, nice. So, um, yeah, I've been doing a lot of iRacing recently, but I kind of want to merge it back into a set of Corsa and I want to mm. take cars onto tracks that I would never in my lifetime be able to do. So, for example, I, a couple of weeks ago, was in a old school F1 car with no lights, in the dark, on the Nords, with box trucks everywhere. And I just, I kind of like that. I kind of like being able to do things that you would never be able to do, you know, in real life. 
So AI box trucks essentially as as kind of almost like rolling roadblocks. Yeah, yeah. That's In the dark lot. with no headlights. <laughs> See, that's a great idea. Imagine, I mean, imagine an F1 car with headlights. That would be bonkers. Where would you put yeah. them? Like a, big, oh, yeah. a big one on the nose, maybe. Oh yeah, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be, be a mod and a half. Actually, <laughs> we should make that happen. F1 cars with lights. You know, like the you know in, in Euro Truck Simulator where you've got like a bank of like twelve massive lights, but you put that a big on old the rear grill. Thing. Yeah, oh, that's such a good idea. Okay, something anyway. to think about. Um, Someone do it. <laughs> yeah, we can, we can, we can definitely make that happen. Okay, so guided by your interest, that's really interesting, and I guess also. Your schedule, it must be very kind of up and down, fragmented, like long periods away, the long periods at home. It, so it must be difficult to fall into a routine enough to be able to properly plan out, okay, this year, my goal is X number of thousand people on YouTube, X number of thousand people on Twitch, and I want to make a focus on the vlogs or the modding or whatever it is, right? That must be quite <laughs> tough given your schedule. Um. It definitely is. It definitely, definitely is. I mean, I am like a serial planner. Um, I have everything in my diary up until like December this year of all the events I'm coming oh. to so far. And I kind of, what I've been doing is like planning around the events I'm going to, content that might be interesting towards them, if that makes sense. So mm. I think I'm going to be spending a lot of time again at the Nürburgring this year. So maybe I'm going to be doing more a set of Corsa, Nürburgring or that kind of thing, you know? And yeah, it is hard because especially being a full-time streamer, streaming, the main thing with streaming is consistency. And I found that for the people that I watch, I know, oh, well, this person's on, it's 7 p.m. They're on on a weekday, mm. you know? And then when you're away for a week, that's a long time to take a break as a streamer and yeah. you do lose a bit of your audience doing that so yeah but mm. it's what it's worth it definitely to be able to go to these events and be able to go to all these racetracks in real life and spend the day with them it's it's kind of worth it you know so and i guess i guess because you've kind of properly adopted the vlog um as part of your youtube channel you you, you can keep it going right you're not going along to these events as a passenger you're going along with your own goals and visions to, to kind of fulfill whilst you're there. You're not just standing around watching other people do stuff. You're like, well, what, you know, what can I create here? Yeah, definitely. And I think the nice thing about like what I do is I like to show how this, this might sound bad, but almost like how unglamorous it is because you think it's amazing, right? You think like, oh, these these race car drivers and they're doing this and they look so amazing when they're on the track and in the cars, but there's so much behind the scenes that you don't see. You don't see them getting up at three o'clock in the morning and they're so tired and they're traveling for four hours to get to this track and all that kind of thing before, you know? So I think it's a nice little insight on like how they're real people too and mm everyone around them the mechanics the the people just everything around there's so much more than i ever knew was a thing mm. and yeah it's nice to be able to not only just observe it but make content on it as well so yeah and do you do the like the, the editing of the videos yourself is that something that you're really passionate about or is that something that you kind of outsource like wh where does your interest lie when it comes to the kind of the final processes so i do all the editing um okay. being passionate about it is a different subject <laughs> <laughs> i think yeah no i do evil. it all um and i am self-taught trying to learn how to do it and it is something obviously my whole career has been in education it has had nothing to do with editing videos or anything like that. So I've completely just had to learn it by myself, which everyone probably has, but it is, uh, yeah, not something that came naturally to me and it takes so long. It takes me so long to edit these videos, but it's, you do, it's kind of nice learning a new craft as such. And like, yeah, you, you get quicker every time, you know, mm. but yeah, it's um, semi-enjoyable. <laughs> I, I much prefer recording it <laughs> okay so um annie i'm gonna ask you some questions because we get sent questions by people that like listen to the podcast and sometimes i forget until right at the end and you know we've got five ten minutes left and i don't want to rush <laughs> these questions right so um sponsors of the show 
Asatec. Um, they've sent in some questions for you. Um, and the first one, oh my goodness, the first one, they're, they're putting a lot of responsibility on your shoulders here. Uh, what do you believe needs to happen to make sim racing grow? Whoa, wow. That is a big question. Asatec coming in hard with the, the soul searches. I think... Do you know what? I think more streamers. I think more streamers, more variety, and to be blunt, more games, more fun, you know? Mm, like, we want to bring a younger generation into this and grow it from there. I think streaming right now is so popular. It's so, so popular. Like, a lot of people are doing it, and why not utilize that? more you know i, I think like yeah um i think that would be good more more simulators would be great more games would be amazing to play um but yeah i think just a more a variety of streamers mm. i think you know doing different stuff you're gonna grow for example you could have someone who doesn't necessarily usually stream sim racing content at all but they're going to give it a try and they then bring their community that they've already established from let's say a call of duty community they've come and they brought them over to sim racing and then those people who would never have watched sim racing they're watching and they're kind of like oh do you know what actually this looks so fun maybe i'll maybe mm. i'll try it as well you know so i just think it's um it would be amazing if sim racing was more accessible and that's really sad because it's meant to be accessible it's meant to be the accessible version of driving right it's meant to be the accessible version of racing but it kind of is very inaccessible for a lot of people because it's so expensive it's so expensive yeah. i racing is expensive to maintain you know as a membership alone let alone having a rig and a wheel and pedals and everything so yeah i think the more popular it becomes hopefully everything will become a little bit cheaper to buy especially as a beginner and yeah, then we can go from there. <laughs> yeah, I like that. So blur the lines between sim racing and racing games. Yeah, that'd like be amazing, that. wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. I mean, we were talking in the, the pre-show um, segment before this interview. If you're listening on Spotify, you'll listen to this about half an hour ago. We were talking about Turtle Beach have just entered the sim racing market, which is really interesting because it's uh, a, a, like a generic gaming brand. And I don't mean generic brand. I mean it. I mean mainstream gaming brand. Okay, they're known mm -hmm. for headsets. Um, they're also known for flight sims, and now they're entering um, the sim racing market. And they've come in at an incredibly aggressive price point, six hundred and thirty pounds. But you get load cell pedals, direct drive wheel, direct drive. Uh, so the the rim that attaches to it, you get a bun box with that. You get an LCD screen on the direct drive. And you get an additional button box on the side, right? So it looks like the old ones that you'd have bought out of the Argos catalog about 15 years ago with all the buttons and the side bit to make it look like a car dash, except it's, you know, force feedback, direct drive quality stuff, which, again, I'm excited by that and time will tell how good it is. But the point is, we have the mainstream gaming brands moving in towards sim racing, which I think is going to bring a, what's the word? It's going to bring a more casual group of people to sim racing who in themselves might then make it more accessible for others. So you might get some mainstream gaming streamers trying it out for the first time, but putting their kind of entertainment, this is for fun, um, slant on it, as opposed to, right, guys, we're doing an endurance race. It's four hours. We need to start <laughs> thinking tire strategy. We want fuel strategy. We need to think driver swaps. Like, you know, it's just like, oh, my God. If I was going to try this, I'd need to study for about a month before I could sit in the car. Um, yeah. But yeah, that was a great, great answer. And I was so excited to see the Turtle Beach announcement. We, I saw it this morning. This morning, mm. it was amazing. I mean, we don't know much about the Newton meters and all the specs and stuff like that about it, but the price range for all of those things that come mm. in, the in the bundle was amazing. Like that's. That could be a game changer for this year, next year, in five years' time. It could almost mm. be that it's semi like everyone had an Xbox 360, you know, in that era. Like it could yeah. be a lot of people have simulators, and that would just be amazing because the more companies see that everyone's playing these racing games, that they're they're, they're doing that, the more games we're gonna get. And 
I just can't wait for it. I'm just excited. I, I totally agree. I totally agree. And to put it into perspective, there isn't much difference between the price of that full force feedback setup with um, load cell pedals um, compared to the Thrustmaster TSPC, which is belt driven, old school wheel. That's still like 500 and something euros, right? <laughs> and that's just for the, the, the no pedals included yeah. there. So it's, yeah, it's, 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 it's fantastic. So sim racing, good. So next question. Um, this one is a tough one, right? So, I, you know, I, I could try and make this more specific, but I'm not going to. <laughs> I'm going to leave this up to you. You can interpret this question however you want. How would you describe the sim racing community? Interesting. Interesting. What is the sim racing community? I mean, there's lots of them, or are you, is it all of us? That's, it's actually really difficult because there's so many genres of sim racing enthusiasts. You know, um, I would say it's 80% amazing and they are so sweet and nice and they just want you to enjoy it and they thrive off you enjoying it as well and they love the community around it and then there's the other 20% that... Mm for lack of a better word are sweaty you know like it's like they are so into it and yeah it's it's real you know like uh, for a lot of people this is as far you uh, they're not going to set foot in a real car you know so this is as real as it's ever going to be and it's serious mm. to them this is like their life and their dreams that yeah. they've been waiting to do so i totally understand it and i get it but it's nice to enjoy things as well you know <laughs> it's nice yeah. to have fun I saw your um, your tweet recently where you had a comment from somebody that was basically having a go at you because you hadn't been doing it long enough. I'm like, sorry, but... I don't understand. I don't understand yeah, yeah, yeah. the guy's point, right? He's, 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 he's not happy because you're enjoying something. Maybe that's it. Maybe he's just not happy because you're enjoying it. It's like, you've got yeah. to go through the pain first. You've got to go through the years <laughs> and years of grinding. You need to see your eye rating plummet before you're allowed to enjoy any of this. Yeah, I mean, definitely. And I, I actually get a few comments like that. I get a few comments like that. They're like, oh, why are you streaming? Like, you're not good. You're, I don't understand what is like, I don't get it. I don't get how you're streaming and there's people watching you. And it's like, well, maybe because there's no other people doing it, you know? Maybe that's why, mm -hmm. like, because everyone else is really good. <laughs> and I think it's fun to watch people learn sometimes, you know? <laughs> yeah and, and also like you don't have to you don't have to watch a streamer because you're trying to pick up tips and you're trying to be like right i need to be in this elite community and we're gonna all like worship this alien who is super super fast and we're gonna <laughs> cry when he comes second and it's always a he and we're gonna celebrate when it's a first like we could just go and enjoy a stream like you know yeah. you, you can go and enjoy it. if you watch gamer muscle he's one of my favorite streamers like Sometimes he'll just sit there with a cup of tea and just have a natter. And then sometimes halfway through a stream, he'll stop driving and start flying because it's about the entertainment. So, yeah, I yeah. saw that comment and thought, like, there was a part of me that was, like, almost resigned to the fact of, like, it's going to happen. Like, it's sad. I wish it didn't. But, I, yeah. I, I, I... Anyway, we'll move on to a happier topic. <laughs> um, this one's good. This one's a great question, right? Why do you believe people get into sim racing? Because they love racing or because they love gaming? Ooh, interesting. Deep. Deep. I I think I think it's kind of both, honestly. I think you get the people who've come into it because they want to get as close as they can to actual racing. And then you get the people who are have played the games. You know, they play the games and they kind of get into it and they're like, wow, now I can actually, this is way more realistic. This is, it actually kind of feels like I'm really driving rather than just using a controller and driving around a random track that's not real, you know? And it's kind of nice having both communities come in and meet in the middle somewhere, mm -hmm. you know? So yeah, yeah I think um, it's, a bit, it's a bit of both, I think. Yeah, it's interesting. I know a lot of streamers at Christmas and when I say streamers, I mean kind of like iRacing AC streamers who are kind of, you know, I was going to say sweaty, but that's not fair. Not sweaty. They're just very good. I'm just jealous. Okay? <laughs> um, but at Christmas, they'll do like a Wreckfest stream. And that's kind of their like, okay, guys, office Christmas party. You can wear your funny jumpers. We're going to play some <laughs> games. We're going to do a quiz. And their version of that is to then play Wreckfest rather than 
iRacing. But they're always the most fun streams. They're the, you yeah. usually have the highest number of viewers and you get lots of kind of people from within the community all chit-chatting together and it's always like a real nice feeling. So yeah, it would be it would be interesting to see more sim racers jumping between the various different um, options. Because I guess sim racing is unique in the, in the fact that you can be a sim racing streamer but actually play a, a few games. You know, you don't yeah. have to pigeon yourself, uh, pigeonhole yourself into one game, whereas in the rest of the streaming world, most people will focus on a game, whether it's like a, a fancy game or a first-person shooter or whatever. They'll become, I'm a COD streamer or I'm a CS streamer. And yeah. the CS streamer is probably less likely to, to jump between CS and COD, right? Whereas in sim mm -hmm. racing, it's all sim racing. And if people yeah. like racing, then it doesn't really matter what the title is. Exactly. I mean, I actually took part in that Wreckfest uh, stream. Nice. And it was so fun it was amazing it it was so nice getting these a lot of them are like very serious streamers they're really really mm. good at, they're really good at racing you know and you kind of watch them as a stream and you're like wow these guys are really serious and they're they're amazing and then you see them like you see that other side of them when they're just like plotting and scheming against the other teams and you're all just kind of like destroying <laughs> each other and it was so much fun it was amazing so yeah yeah, it is, it is one of the highlights of my of my my Christmas period. Final question. George Morgan, uh, he's been watching uh, some of your videos recently. He enjoyed the, the video of um, your uh, home sim racing setup on the Nord slide that he was telling me this morning. Um, and he has asked, I mean, it's a classic question, but it's a great question. And I'm interested in what, what you're going to say based on our discussion so far. What is your favorite track car combination ever my favorite track car combination he that is right he was like you have to choose a track first and then choose the car for it i'm like okay <laughs> never grown 100 percent easy okay, easy so, nord so as in the nurburgring rather nords. than the nordschleifer nords i would say nords okay right yeah 100 yeah. percent. that's okay. like the first thing that pops out to me and is it cringy if I say a Mark One MX Five? No, it's not. Why would it be cringy? I don't know oh. because like it's it's not. It was just so fun to learn in, and I just I I have so many good memories of learning. Like that's where I learned to sim race. You know, like mm. on the Nords in a Mark One MX Five, and it was just so much fun. And granted, there are so many faster cars, and there are so many more crazy cars out there but i have a mark one mx5 and it was just like surreal to think this is what it would kind of be like if i drove around north you know like and then i got in my car in real life and was like no 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 don't do it <laughs> calm down you can't drive like yeah. that in real life <laughs> yeah the, the the mark one mx5 is an absolutely stunning car i like if i had so I'm, I'm actually i've got my eye on a couple at the moment on auto trader but then i think in the last 10 years i've always got a couple favorited in auto trader but like a, I'm looking at one at the moment that's uh, like a British racing green, pop-up lights, tan leather, inside, just ugh, one day, one day. Um, but uh, I totally lost my train of thought because I've got excited with um, the concept of a, of a Mark 1 MX-5. <laughs> Understandable. Um, I get it, you know. It's fine. Yeah, I'm only human. I'm only human. Yeah. Anyway, I'm sure it wasn't important. So, Annie, thank you so much for joining us on the, the show. That was a really strong ending to this podcast. <laughs> Me totally forgetting what I was about to say. Um, no doubt everyone listening to this on uh, Spotify is going to want to know where to follow you and your vlogs and your Twitch stream. So where can they find you? On Twitch and YouTube and Instagram and Twitter under Annie underscore Avery. So, yeah, I'm nice live every weekday on Twitch at 7.30 uk time that was well that was beautifully done annie thank you so <laughs> much for your time really really appreciate it and we'll chat soon thank you so much for having me see you later